We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 21st, 2012. Uh, just a clarification on uh, something we had talked about in the last study. I had a listener write me and <clears throat> they said, I just wanted to let you know the brand Honest Tea or Honest Kids that your listener recommended is actually owned by Coca-Cola. I understand that it's, quote, organic, but it's a kid's drink your listeners recommending, and Coca-Cola is against Proposition 37, which is the big thing, you know, about not labeling. Uh, if, you're, if your uh, product has GMOs in it out in California, not labeling that. I mean, what other motivation could they have other than evil for you, for essentially making sure that you're totally in the dark and not informed if a product you're consuming has GMOs in it? I mean, it, it could only be that, you know... They're basically, these companies like Coca-Cola and Monsanto and Nestle are saying, we're satanic, and we want to make sure you stay as dumbed down as possible and don't know all the different various and sundry ways we're trying to kill you. And we're pouring millions upon millions upon millions into this Proposition 37 thing, uh, making sure it doesn't you know, come to pass so that you'll be totally in the dark about GMOs that you're consuming. And, you know, it just shows how what an evil, wicked company they are, along with, you know, hundreds of other, these conglomerate giants. <clears throat> so, he said, to me, it's like buying organic from Satan. I mean, Walmart. <laughs> uh, just wanted to let you pass that information on to you. Walmart, I, I know, I think the one of the only ones they'll sell organically. Of course, I haven't been in there in a long, long time, because I just don't go there. It's so evil. Um, is uh, Horizon, which is a joke. Nothing that... Horizon puts out is organic. It can say organic. It is big brother, big business, big agra with an organic label on it. And I've went over that before about different things where they've been nailed and exposed. So it goes on to say, just wanted to pass that information on so people are not destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, that was from Jordan. And then my comment was that I wanted to go up there and confirm what he said, which I probably should have done the first time. And I confirmed it. It was a press release from Coca-Cola entitled, Honest Tea Joins the Coca-Cola Family. Honest Tea's product in line includes Honest Tea, ready-to-drink bottled teas in glass in PET number one, which makes sure you're going to get your maximum dosage of BPA and chlor chlorine and fluoride and all the other things that they put in because they're just using, um, for the most part, regular tap water unless it says filtered. But even if it's filtered, what does that mean? I mean, it's not going to get out the fluoridation if it's filtered, unless they're going to unbelievable lengths to remove the fluoride, and they're not. So they, they would actually advertise like it was a good thing, the PET number one, which is the little symbol on the bottom that you'll see, which the little recycling symbol, say number one in it. That's the cheapest, worst kind of plastic container that they make, and it will leach um, the BPA, which... the Bisphenol A, which is uh, wrecks your endocrine, your hormonal system, feminizes men, um, wreaks havoc on your liver. Uh, then there's also antimony, which is another trace mineral in the bottle that leaches. There's a lot of things that leach from that really cheap plastic. There are good plastics, but there is no company out there that is going to put out anything in a um, typically one of the safer numbers, which are the higher numbers, they normally do, will not do that because of a cost issue. So, 
you know, glass is obviously preferable. Well, I understand glass is heavy, but, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you have to <laughs> look at what you're getting with the real cheap plastic as well. So, uh, they, um, Honest Aid is another product line they have, Organic Thirst Quenchers and Honest Kids Drink Pouches. So it's all owned by Coca-Cola. And, you know, this is an ongoing effort by these gigantic companies. And a lot of these companies may start out great, but you have to understand, if they're really good, Satan is going to want to buy them out eventually in order to, you know, stamp his hoof print on it and make sure that, you know, they degrade the product and, and make sure that, you know, it's killing you in some way, shape, or form because that's what it's all about. That's what the New World Order is all about. Killing us, soft killing us through... You know, things like this. Now, I had another listener send me this gigantic chart that I made it as big as I could for the sake of the um, study, but I think that if you're clicking on this in a PDF, in the PDF format at contendingfortruth.com, I think you can expand and you can look, get a real good look at this chart because it has Nestle, Kraft, Coca Cola, PepsiCo, Procter and Gamble. I mean, Dr. Gamble's pure evil. General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars, Johnson & Johnson, and Unilever. And it shows all the companies they either own directly or indirectly. And it's this big... All the, the main companies are in the middle, and then it has all these arrows pointing out to all of these other country, companies that they own. So if you're interested in that, that is on page 6 of the PDF for... October 21st, 2012. And just way, way too many companies there to even possibly get in. I mean, there's probably, I don't even know how many, way over 100. Um, then I got another email, and this is um, regarding testing and information on products that contain fluoride. I had been sent the, or given a link to a sneak preview of this new documentary that's just been released um, regarding the uh, the Great Calling, I believe. And the first part of it was what they're doing to the water. And um, I've been invited to the premiere and stuff like that, but, you know, I just can't. I'm not going to fly. I'm not going to be groped or have my daughter groped by TSA or get a pornographic naked body picture of myself or my daughter or any of that. That's not optional. So it uh, really limits your ability to travel. And um, he said, you had asked if I could get the fluoride levels in the products that were tested in the Great Culling movie. There was a part of the movie, and they've already had the premiere, but there was a part of the movie that they got into, they had the fluoride tester. This little portable fluoride tester, and they were putting it in the different drinks that were sold in the stores. And they were measuring the fluoride level of all the drinks. Because, you know, again, because you buy something bottled doesn't mean there's not fluoride in it. I would hope there's no fluoride in spring water. <laughs> you know, because obviously naturally occurring spring water wouldn't have sodium fluoride in it, a rat poison. Rat poison. Um, but, which is literally what it is. Uh, absolute waste byproduct of the phosphate, the uh, fluoride industry, and other big industries. Well, he this was his reply to me. Because I asked him, I said, could you post the results of the tests of these different products you were testing? Okay, Because I think that would, a lot of people would want to know that. What the, Maybe there are some products out there, let's say in a glass bottle that 
doesn't have fluoride in it. Okay, but again, then you're still not knowing what chlorine, the chlorine content, or a lot of other things. But fluoride is a big one. Anyway, he said I asked Paul Wittenberger, and he said Dr. Kennedy had the results, and I have to talk to him. Anyway, they came out to our house after the premiere, and I got a chance to have a bit more of his time, and I asked him my question, and this is what he told me that if they were to post the results, it would basically be worthless to anyone not living in the same area we tested because many, but not all of the products are shipped concentrated or dry and then reconstituted using the local water source at their destination. Great point. I had never even really thought of. So in other words, they got products that tested totally clean in their area and you living in a different part of the country... It may be off the scale. And here you're thinking you're drinking unfluorinated drink and it might have fluoride like crazy in it because it's in a different area for the reasons I just mentioned. Amounts vary greatly city to city, so an accurate number would be impossible. That was why they didn't bother to post anything online. Better, he said, to maybe start a list of companies who are aware of the problem and are committed to keeping the fluoride out and who work to that end. True. Very true. You know... The health food industry, which I view as an absolute joke, should be at the forefront, the spear tip of this type of stuff. They should be keeping soy out of everything. They should be keeping canola oil out of everything. They should be keeping fluoride and chlorine and other contaminants in the... But they're not doing that. They're not doing that. They're just spineless, from what I can see. It's all about the money, for the most part. And I'm not saying maybe everyone, but for the most part, it's about the money. Most of the products you buy in a health food store, synthetic vitamins... You know, they, they come shipped in 50-gallon drums from Hoffman LaRoche, and a lot of them are made from coal tar extracts and the B vitamins and stuff like that. They're not natural. It's not the way God intended it. There's very whole, many whole food companies out there, you know. Jones just did an expose on Whole Foods, the, the literal health food store company, and busted them on how they were, they're selling all kind of stuff with GMOs in it. They don't want labeling of GMOs. They, they would lose a lot of business, probably. They would have to eliminate a lot of the product line. It's all about the money. They're just evil. You know, that's any time you get a big business, they're going to head in that direction eventually. If they're not, you know, at the beginning, maybe they have pure intentions. And then somewhere along the way, they get bought out or they get new management and things change. You know, things really, really can change. and, And it's usually greed will enter in. And there's a demonic component as well. I worked for a, a, a guy, um, not, it was the last job I had as a chiropractor, official, like where I was actually, I had the corner office, I had, you know, this whole clinic that I was basically over. I had neurologists, uh, MDs, uh, all these people that were literally, in, uh, theoretically and technically under me because I was the one, I was the prescribing doctor as far as care plans and things like that. And when I first met the guy in chiropractic college, or at first worked for him in an earlier date, it's a totally different atmosphere. Then he hired this guy and, and surrounded himself with these really incredibly evil people. This was the most wicked feeling I'd ever had working anywhere in my life. And the environment totally changed. And if the head is sick, the whole body's going to be sick. And it was like working in a Nazi prison camp. And everything became about the money, and everything became about, you know, them controlling and micromanaging every little particular aspect. And they were wanting me to do things I simply refused to do. 
And I put it in writing why I wouldn't do them and the legal risks of not doing them. A lot of it was just stupid stuff they were asking me to do. Why? I have no idea. I'm like, you're putting yourself at massive liability risk here for these, this, this, and this reason. And they didn't want to hear it. They just wanted good little big brother automaton, little Nazi brown shirts that would do whatever they were told. And I wasn't willing to do that. And they finally came in and gave me my, uh, uh, I forget what it was called, termination, I don't know, anyway. And I said, what was the reason? Because I really, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, but I just didn't want to know the reason. He says, we don't have to tell you, Florida's a right-to-work state. But it was, that was really the thing that enabled me and springboarded me into actually having this ministry, because I didn't have to worry about that nine-to-five the Lord provided other doors. And ultimately this ministry, and praise the Lord, because that's that's basically my my job now, is this ministry and trying to get this truth out there. You know, so I've seen, I've worked and saw firsthand how a company with I'm not saying there was pure intentions with this guy from the beginning, but it was a totally different working environment the first time I had worked with him. Second time, which was about a year and a half. Maybe two years later, oh, it was like working for Satan. Something massive. And that's a small company in comparison to something like Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble or one of these conglomerates. You know, ConAgra or Monsanto. I mean, we're talking pure evil here. And they're trying to make sure that we don't know anything about what we're consuming. Because they want to kill us. First commandment of the... New World Order, Ten Commandments, reduce world population to 500 million, just check the Georgia Guidestones, and many, many quotes by many globalists, they've, they've made it abundantly clear that they want to reduce world population radically. So the sheeple people are a little easier to control, because at the current levels, they're just we're too big of a herd for them to be able to control, um, and this is why they do these things. So, um, he goes on to say... Uh, not exactly the information I think you wanted, but I think you see the problem, is what he told me. He says the pocket tester, he said, was somewhere between two and $300. Uh, check the website below for a local distributor. I don't know if they have one for chlorine as well. Now, chlorine, you could literally, I've tested chlorine just with a pool tester. I mean, it's pretty bad when, I mean, when I was younger and I used to work with my grandparents at that and I used to clean pools. I used to have lawns I mowed around the neighborhood. Um, I had a lot of different jobs growing up. I mean, I know what hard work's like, and especially in Florida, the subtropics, where it's blistering heat. You work at a lawn service in Florida all day long in the summer, you're going to pretty much know what brutal hard work. And then I used to, um, one summer, well, I've done this for a long time. My dad was two-way radios. I was the attic rat. I went up into the attic and pulled wire. And I did that for a long, long time. And I worked for other I worked for an alarm company and I did all that stuff, man. You go up in the middle of the day in Florida. And I'm not saying it's to blow my own horn. I'm just saying it, it, it's about as hot as you could imagine. You know, 120, 130, I don't even know what it is up there in an attic in the middle of the summer in Florida. And where I live, southwest Florida, subtropics. And you it's really a strange feeling when you're up in an attic and it's 120, 30, whatever degrees it is, and you come down and it's like 90-some-plus degrees, and it feels like you're walking in the air conditioning. 
I mean, it's, it, and, you know, you could die up there. I mean, and then there's that insulation all over you. Oh, it's miserable. It is as miserable as they get. But I know what that's, that whole hard work dynamic is, is like. And, and uh, my, my parents and my grandparents instilled that in me. Um, I don't know how I got off on that subject, but I'm, again, I'm not saying to blow my own horn. I just kind of give you a little background on myself. Um, so anyway, um, you can, there's a website link here that sells these pocket testers. Oh, that's what I was getting off on. I used to take a pool tester and just fill it up with tap water and test it. It's pretty bad when you can test the tap water and it would be on the high end of what, like, in other words, like your pool would be over chlorinated. Because it has little, it has the little range things there of the color it should look like for whatever. It's pretty bad when you can test your own tap water, and you would be on the high range of an overchlorinated pool. And they say, "Oh, don't drink the pool water." The pool water would be would be um, most of the time safer than the tap water, you know, because it's had well now with chemtrails that's a whole other different deal. But I'm just saying overall, if you looked at the amount of chemicals, you know, in things. At least you're only putting chlorine and muriatic acid in a pool, typically. You're not usually doing a whole lot more than that. Whereas some of these municipalities have had hundreds of um, chemicals put into them. And fluoride alone, the, the fluorosilicilic acid or whatever, the new stuff they're using is fluoride plus, you know, I don't know how many other chemicals that they're using. So, again, that's something else to think about. Anyway, there's a link here to this uh, tester. Um, definitely a good thing, you know, to possibly have. Uh, I think that if you were going to do one thing on a tester, you would want to get a radiation meter. Um, because I think that's obviously a little more important regarding something that could take you out or hurt you in a very short period of time. Fluoride is more of a slow kill. Radiation, let's say Fukushima went and they didn't say anything and, you know... Radiation levels are spiking. Well, let's say there was a leak at one of the nuclear plants near you, and they weren't advertising on the news because they wanted to keep everybody in the dark. Well, you have your radiation tester. Now, I have these radiation labels that I got this from, it was on Alex Jones' website, and, it, and it's a literal label that is constantly monitoring radiation. And it shows you a little scale gradient. I'm looking at it right now. I've got it on my computer and if it starts to darken, you know you've been exposed to a certain amount of radiation, and it tells you on the sticker. So I got one of those, but it doesn't really take the, the place of a radiation meter that can give you real-time data. And um, those are, you know, you do a keyword search for, you know, radiation meters online or whatever, and there's a lot that you can choose from. Anyway, um... He goes on to say, and thanks for promoting the film to your audience in this week's teaching. The premiere went off very well. It was an excellent, excellent documentary uh, on this problem. Pro they've got to have three parts, I believe. The, um, the great calling for water, and then what they're doing to the food, and then what they're doing in the skies. The three main, you know, obviously things that would impact us. So now let's go further. Um, next, had a question from a listener. Um, on the GPS, when, remember the, the teaching I had done on the proactive things that we can do? And um, my listener from Australia had submitted a whole bunch of different gear 
that um, we could um, think about getting, and the best gear for that, and that was a couple weeks ago, I believe. Anyway, um, the PDF's up there if you want to go check that out. He goes on to say, now this is a question, the PDF you released about being prepared for the end times was nearly perfect. Just one huge mistake. I noticed it said a GPS is good to have, but it's not. Please inform everyone not to get GPS technology because it's full location traceable. So having a GPS is like saying, here, here I am, Antichrist, come get me. GPS stands for Global Positioning Device. I'm letting you know this because I don't want to see thousands of Christians make that mistake in the end times and have to suffer the tribulation by being captured because they had a GPS. So I relayed that information back to my listener in Australia, and here's was, this was his answer. And again, this was addressed somewhat in the PDF I released, but he went into further depth here. The short answer is no, they are not traceable. At least the old one, like the Garmin 60CSX, they are not. Now, in order to get one of those, I would imagine you'd have to go something like eBay or whatever, because I'm sure that they're not producing those anymore, I would imagine, because he's saying it's the old one. So, something like eBay or... Do a keyword search online. Maybe they're being sold, you know, reconditioned ones. Anyway, this, like the Garmin 60CSX, they use a passive quad helix receiving antenna, which does not transmit any signal. This can be verified on the internet. Now, you understand why I'm rehashing this, because this is not a subject I want to make a mistake on. You know what I mean? Because this could literally be life and death. So you got to be real persnickety, about which one you would want to get, okay? There are, however, models in the Garmin handheld range that do transmit, and I'm sure other brands, such as the Rhino 650. These models will give your position away. I do not recommend them. This is noted in the preparedness area on the Contending for Truth USB. Now, that's my listener in, in Australia um, handles those, and he... Um, He's the one that's also running the special this month where that I read last week regarding um, the shipping would be free if you order one by the end of October. And um, it, there's a special section on the USB. Now, if you want to get the full details of that, listen to my study last week because I don't have that in front of me right now because there were some stipulations there, you know. And anyway, um, he's picking up the shipping up until the month of October, Okay. Uh, there's a special section. It's just not all of my teachings, okay, on on the on this USB flash drive. It's there's a special section in there that has a whole bunch of other bonus material, and that is noted. This is one of the things he noted on the other section. I've had a lot of people email me back about the flash drive and saying, "Yeah, I really like the the bonus section. There was a lot of extra really cool things there." We're trying to give you as many tools as possible to potentially you know, help you body, soul, and spirit regarding the end times so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, so that we're, you know, up to speed. Uh, now, then he goes on to say, here's one link for your listener about the subject, and it's a link, and it's, it's our GPS system's traceable, and it gets into this very question that he's talking about. And it's a good question. Okay, for my listener, Romy, it's a really great question because, honestly, I had some doubts myself. I wasn't fully aware of all the technology. I'm not like Mr. GPS guru, you know. Maybe I was in a former life, though. I don't know. Sorry, just kidding. Anyway, so you can read more about by searching forum articles with the term um, lost, stolen GPS, quote. To find out more, 
to reassure them. So I'm glad I'm glad we got that one settled because uh, I really wanted to, you know. And again, uh, we didn't go into a depth, but there's that link you can click on and other things you can search for as well. So next report. A comment from, uh, regarding this email that was sent to me. For those of you that looked up FEMA camps on Google and see the massive camps on YouTube that the government has been working on all over this country, it's this is especially frightening. Uh, and again, I'm not here to put the fear of man in you. I just want us to be educated. Okay. Um, remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. That's what the Bible says. That plus, and the fear of man would fall under like this kind of stuff we're talking about here. Okay. Uh, he goes on to say, that plus the executive orders for martial law that were edited and passed this year, it makes you wonder what is going on. Seen on the road, what could they need equipment like this for in the U.S.? Now, there's a lot of different pictures in this report, and um, he goes on to say, think about this for a minute. There, These things are hitting the road. Caravans of National Guard equipment, but with the new never-before-seen, but with new never-before-seen equipment. Take a look at what is painted on the black side of these black Heavily armored, and um, uh, they looked to have gun turrets and all kind of stuff on them. These Humvees, um, these Humvees are fully armored to the same standard used by our military. These things look like tanks on wheels. I mean, they, they're unbelievable looking. They are gearing up and now have enforcement vehicles and are training with the National Guard, FEMA, and police. They ju- just took position possession of twenty five hundred uh, of these GLS vehicles. And they don't get any more armored. The GLS is the larger vehicle on the trailer. It, the GLS is a serious piece of equipment, and the likes of which have never been used inside the United States until now. Now, you have to understand, this is the Department of Homeland Security. Homeland. This isn't faraway wars. This, these are being ordered and being deployed on our soil for something that's not only is it an intimidation factor, not only, hey, look at us, what are you going to do against this thing? Of course, my God created the universe, so top that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're being uh, put pre-positioned in different towns and locales to be used at, obviously, a future date when martial law happens. Let's not forget about the 450 million rounds of ammo that was purchased last year by the Department of Homeland Security as well. And, and again, that, that even increased, and there's been all kind of other ammo purchases, and a lot of these are like, you know, match grade sniper rounds and all kind of hollow point, the best hollow point bullets that they can buy. And it's, it's unbelievable. Here's the first picture of Homeland Security, Immigration and Customs. I mean, these things look like, talk about overkill. I mean, they are like rolling tanks. Here's another one. And, another, and this is being transported. And it says police and rescue, special response team, Homeland Security. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, here's another one, another totally differently painted one. This one would be more for the desert. Most of them are black. This one's a tan color, totally different place. Here's another one, another almost a little different design to them. Uh, heavily, heavily armored, bars on the windows, gun turrets. I mean, you name it. These things got it. These things have to cost a just a massive amount of money to to get one of these things on the road. So I um. Yeah, this is this is just absolutely insane. Um, these and many other facts were left out of the Obama 2016 movie. By 2016, many conservative Christians might actually then be in re-education camps being built today by in flyover country uh, in the U.S. Army troops are being taught civilian 
crowd control as well. So I wanted, if you hadn't seen pictures of these things, I wanted to show you some pictures of them. And um, we've got one in our area as well, one of these beasts that they're rolling off the assembly line here. Um, now, we're going to switch gears now into really the next phase of our teaching. And we're going to talk about underwater basket weaving. It's a very remote, little-known sport in lower Latvia that we're kind of thinking might play into the end-time scenario. No, just kidding. I just made that whole thing up. No, what we're going to talk about right now is this article entitled, More Believe in Aliens Than Believe in God in the UK. It's probably the same for the United States. An estimated 33.1 million people in the UK believe that life exists on other planets, while only 27.5 million, which is less than half the country, say that they believe uh, say, say that they believe there is a God. So, in other words, more people believe in aliens, you know, than God. Latest survey results shows that 52% of the population believe evidence of UFOs has or has been covered up because the fact of their existence would threaten the stability of the government. Okay, I'm not saying that there hasn't been massive cover-ups going on, and I've done many, many teachings on the subject of UFOs that I give you. I'll, I'll get to that in a second here. So I'm trying to approach it from a biblical perspective, which is very easy to do, but it's a subject that typically the church will avoid with a 10-foot pole. You know, hey, they might lose some people, they might become unpopular, I don't know, whatever their excuse is. But it is a, it is something that the New World Order has spent millions and millions, billions of dollars to promote their propaganda and to also cover it up at the same time, depending on what information they want promoted and covered up. It depends on what their agenda is. There is an agenda, it is going to play out in the end times, and us sticking our head in the sand and acting like it never existed or it will ne- nothing will ever become of any of this, to me is pretty nutty. Because Satan has an agenda for the whole UFO thing. It's very easy when you start looking as it was in the days of Noah. Jesus Christ said, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You start looking at those scenarios, you look at what was happening on the days of Noah. Very easy to tie that into the whole UFO phenomenon. See what's really going on from a spiritual standpoint. And it really confirms the Bible. It's not something that, that you know, disproves the Bible. It confirms it. It will strengthen your faith. Which is, you know, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why this ministry exists. So, um, one in ten people claim to have seen a UFO with almost one quarter more men claiming to have done so than women. The survey of 1,359 UK adults was commissioned by the makers of a new video game, which tasks you with saving the world from an enemy invasion. Again, there's one example of the powers that be, or whatever you want to call them, coming out with a video game, you save the world from an enemy invasion. I mean, that's what a lot of video games are actually based off of, even going all the way back you know, to the 80s or whatever, when they first came out, or late 70s, I don't know. Just 20 years ago, religion was a huge part of life in UK. Now, that doesn't really impress me very much, religion. Religion is one of the main reasons why people end up going to hell. They trust in a religion, not the word of God, but some religion. Okay, But the point is, 20 years ago, religion was a huge part of life in the UK, and this just shows how much attitudes have changed. Again, the, the report we talked about last week, the fastest growing religious belief in America is atheism. There is no God. 
Okay? So, it's not a good trend, obviously. Real bad, bad trend. But it does confirm what the Bible says was going to happen in this time. So, um, belief in the alien phenomenon is now much more widespread than ever. With many wondering how we and our governments would react to the news that aliens existed. If aliens did reveal themselves, over a third of the population would be more curious than anything else. With the second most prevalent emotion being fear. Um, That said, one in five would immediately be skeptical. Well, you know what? I think that one of the ways Satan could take that skepticism down about 40 notches is if they come, as the Bible predicts, with all signs and lying wonders and miracles. They're going to be able to back up what they're saying. Well, that's going to change a lot of the skepticism into full-on embracement. Oh, they did this miracle. Look, they gave us free energy. Look, they, they found a cure for cancer. Like, all that stuff doesn't already exist. It's just all been suppressed by, you know, the elite, because that's how they control us. Through petroleum dependence, you know, through the healthcare, medical, pharmaceutical dependence. This is how they control us. And the aliens are going to come, hey, see, we're, we're really the good guys. This is the whole ascended master thing, you know, that I've gotten into in many, many teachings. You can key in any of those subjects at the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Or Maitreya, you know, they're possibly the coming, or playing a part in the coming whole end-time delusion antichrist system, you know. So anyway, uh, I've done many teachings on all those subjects. Uh, let's see here. And then it goes on to say, furthermore, 20% of the countries believes UFOs have landed, while more than 5 million people believe the moon landings were faked. Uh, I think there's very compelling evidence that the moon landings were faked. And here's, I just did a keyword search real quick up on YouTube, and there's several videos that prove the moon landings were faked. I'm not saying we don't have that technology, okay, or we didn't even back then, but the fact is, it's most likely those landings were taking place on a Hollywood set. I mean, there's all kind of other... If you look at them, the, the, the one of the most compelling things I ever saw was that there were shadows from different angles. Multiple shadows. Like if you had a stage setting, and they didn't get the lighting quite right, if you were actually trying to make it look like it was the moon, and you got multiple shadows... There's not more than one sun, is the point here. Okay, so it would only be going from one direction. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of links up on YouTube... Fox, even, a long time ago, they had a a special. And it was kind of like the Illuminati will release this stuff and see what is the public reaction to gauge how they would view the sheeple people, how dumbed down they were or are. And I don't think there really was any public reaction, or if there was, it was minimal. And it was something Fox did like one time, and then you never heard about it again. I I had already knew, knew about it a long time before that, but... Here's a link you can click on if you want to explore some of that, because we've been just lied to on just about every level. Anything mainstream news is, is most likely has is based on a lie or has lies as a component of what you're being told. And so anyway, here I posted the main teachings I've done on UFOs, Preparation for Alien UFO Deception and High Gear, Part 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, different end-time current events that I've posted that got heavily into the UFO question, uh, another one, which was entitled The UFO Alien Phenomenon, The Next Great Challenge for the Church. Again, a challenge that the church is not prepared to even remotely address. 
at this point. Remotely. I mean, they're just not. They're, they're not ill-equipped. They're not equipped at all. You know, and typically when you see these shows like V or these alien type shows, if they have any kind of church presence, it's a, usually a Catholic priest that represents Christianity. And he's usually over in the corner in a fetal position, urinating on himself because he's like so scared of what's going on. And so helpless to do anything about anything because the big bad aliens are here. And we Christians, you know, our faith has been based basically on a lie because that's what the the aliens are going to say and try to convince us of. You see how big of a deal this could potentially be? Soul damning type of of issue, you know? You start to buy into that, you have, you know, God's going to test our faith. And this is one of the main ways I believe it's going to happen. You know, a lot of people that are saying, oh, I'm a Christian, this and that. Now, when all this stuff starts going down, you're going to see they absolutely had no faith in the Word of God, in Jesus Christ. They're going to believe what they're told, and they're going to quiver, and they're going to cower, and they're going to go into a fetal position, and they're going to be probably the most ill-equipped people on the planet to address this. I hate to say that, but I really believe that's why this is, that that's what's going to happen. And again, it's a big reason why this ministry exists. To equip and prepare us for that almost, I would say, inevitable scenario. It's going to happen in some way, shape, or form at some level. Where this is going to, this full, this deception is going to come to a head. So, anyway, I give you all those teachings. If you're not aware of that, or if you want to know about the Nephilim, which is the word, you know, the Hebrew word for giants in the Old Testament, particularly Genesis 6, where it said there were giants in the earth in those days, in the days of Noah. Okay, so you can key in that and um, learn more about that stuff because that heavily relates to this. A lot of these subjects tie together. So let's go a little bit further here. Okay, so then the next email I got was from my listener, Dan. And he said, Hi, Scott, I was looking at a website from our old church tonight and came across an event that they are hosting soon. And it's a a zombie survival game night. Okay, so they got their own website and all the stuff gearing up. I, I just I read this and I, at first I I get so many emails on a weekly basis. It's just impossible for me to cover everything unless I had a daily show, you know. But I still have to really pick and choose. And the more I looked at this, the more I just ha- I could not pass going over this. Just to give you another little snapshot or sliver of how bad it is. In the secular, I almost call these secular churches because they're more secular than a lot of secular things are. You know, uh, this is more secular than like if you go to the Lions Club or you know what I mean, just something that's not associated with Christianity. It's like they're going out of the way to be just worldly and these types of things. So this is from the church website. I copied and pasted it exactly off their website. And it's October 26th, so we still have time to get there. It's from 7 to 11.30 p.m. I mean, if I started today, I could get there. I mean, I could make it to Colorado and by the 26th. Um, it's only the 21st, so anyway, just kidding. Um, it's from 7 to 11.30 at Vanguard Church. And I thought the name was interesting, Vanguard. The, the comment, Vanguard is a military formation. It's the forward element of an advancing military formation. They're the vanguard. And I think, I'm thinking, yeah, they're really, they're a vanguard. They're really leading their troops. They're the forward, you know, right on the spear tip. You know, leading their congregation 
Most of them straight into hell, dare I say. Because I can't believe they're leading, leading a whole lot of people to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the true word of God, you know, to true salvation. I just kind of doubt it based on this alone, you know. It says, what is the event? It's a large-scale zombie survival game. Students will have to survive the night and complete the mission while zombies roam the campus. When and where is it? Well, I already told you that, but the entire Vanguard Church campus will be open to the infected. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? Who can play? Anyone can be zombies. We want tons of zombies. Now, I'm quoting here. Okay, survivors must be... Taylor's raising her hand. She wants to do it. Oh, me too. I mean, you know, come on. Anyway, no. Survivors must be in the 6th to 12th grade. They are limited. There are limited survivor spots, and being a zombie is a ton of fun. Scroll down to register. Who is Grosell? Now, Grosell is the, is the medical group and is the fake organization running the event. So, in other words, they're sponsoring this fake event, kind of. Okay, they're the reason for all the zombies. Gross cell. Okay, they created a miracle drug called RS12. The event on October 26 is the first human trial of RS12. Hope nothing goes wrong. Wink, wink. Since essentially, should everything go as planned, they will witness the first human trial of RS12. Should anything go wrong, though, a quarantine, survival, and evacuation protocol will go into effect. Wow, it sounds like what Big Brother actually has on the horizon for us when we have that pandemic that's inevitable, pretty much, in one way, shape, or form. Whether it's whatever biological they're going to release, who knows, but I've covered that in many, many teachings as well. But... Again, look at the conditioning, quarantine, survival, and evacuation protocols. Hmm, imagine that. The only thing they're really lacking here is having their own little FEMA camp set up where they could, you know, have reverse bob wire and maybe go in there and gas some of the people or, you know, I don't know, behead them. I don't know. I know that's a little over the top, but hey, be pretty much if they really wanted to do it right, you know, they could have volunteers for that, I guess. I don't know, probably wouldn't have many people wanting to sign up for that one. Uh, let's go further. My comment, this is very eerily similar to the movie I Am Legend. Why? Because this fake company comes along and they have this miracle drug called RS-12 and the people that take it unfortunately turn into zombies. Isn't that the exact theme of I Am Legend with Will Smith? Yeah. They're, except in this case, it was a vaccination that supposedly cured cancer. And it did cure cancer. The only problem is you turn into a, like this mutant, sun-hating, subterranean zombie afterward. And, you know, your brain basically liquefied and you turn into this unbelievable animal that was like, you know, you would walk the, the streets at night like the walking dead like zombies and, and that was your life. I mean, it was... Kind of a bad trade-off, I would say. But they were cancer-free. That's the important part. The zombies were cancer-free. Anyway, this is very, very similar to the movie I Am Legend, which was a big-budget, huge big-budget Hollywood production. So, why the zombie event? Simple. Vanguard Student Ministries wants to throw a legendary event that will be talked about in schools for years. Now, that's biblical. I mean, how can you argue with that biblically? Well, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about this in a second. And then it says, invite your friends. 
You see how the, the, these, these disgusting apostate churches are just trying to be more like the world than even the world is. I just checked my hometown um, where we came from in Fort Myers. I, ch- I checked their news site a couple times a week. Uh, all the crime and uh, evil stuff. Anyway, not to say that doesn't happen here, but it happens on a much larger scale there. And they've got a big, gigantic zombie. I think it's like a three-day event in downtown Fort Myers. And they were mad because the city wasn't actually funding, partially funding this, so they had to receive. And then it showed all these people coming. I mean, talk about freaks showing up to this thing. And it's a big, gigantic zombie walkthrough. And all this zombie stuff is being just thrust down our throat everywhere you look, almost. You know? There's a new one, a new show just came out, Exit Humanity. Another zombie one, where it was like this guy just got done with the Civil War, and he comes back, he goes off on a two-day hunting trip, he comes back, and his, and his family's all turned into zombies. And the whole, everybody in the countryside, except like very, very few people, turn into zombies. And they're all out there killing them, and, you know, doing this and doing that, and fighting them off, and it's like, wow, they're really going out of their way to really shove this zombie stuff down our throats. CDC issues all these things about be, beware of zombies and supposedly tongue-in-cheek, but why are they doing all this garbage? You know, these basalt drugs that basically turn you into, like, what a zombie would act like. I'm not saying they're the living dead or the walking dead, but basalts, in certain instances, seem to have done that with a lot of people. You know, they're, oh, they're, the one guy eats the other guy's face off. I mean, we're talking full-on demon possession here. So, just weird, kind of a weird uh, agenda here. So that's the, but that's their motivation. A legendary event that will be talked about for years. That, that's all that matters. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't matter for sure in their eyes. Or getting people saved. Oh, I'm sure, oh, we, we had hundreds of people get saved. Yeah, that's going to really happen over a wicked event like this. It's like having a Christian rock concert. Like the one I went to a long time ago. And we had this big time Christian rock group coming in this charismatic church I was in a long time ago. And I was one of the people that went there to agree to pray. They had this big altar call, and all these people showed up for the altar call. And what they did is then they sent them backstage to all the people that were there to pray, to make sure. And I prayed with some people, and I thought, man, this Sunday is going to be the greatest thing ever. We're going to have more people in this church. And it was already the biggest building in Cape Coral, the biggest indoor structure in Cape Coral, in the whole town. I thought, we're going to have so many people here, because so many people got saved. It was the attendance was less than I had seen it in like I didn't even remember. Nobody else, nobody showed up. So I look at the fruit. Were, were these people really converted through almost like a secular rock concert with just a Christian label on it? Huh? I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. Imagine that. And then I go to study a lot of these Christian rock bands and realize they're nothing more than Luciferians. Just like the most coveted position in a church is a Luciferian, a pastor. Satanists will, and there's tons and tons of Satanists that are pastors of churches that pose as ministers of God, but like the Bible says, are nothing more than ministers of Satan. Christian, I did a whole teaching, a whole series on that. Hidden Luciferians in the Christian, it was like a ten part. I'm still not done with it. I, I got a lot more to do, it was, but I got to ten parts, I'm pretty sure. Hidden, just key in the word hidden and contendingfortruth.com. It's pretty obvious you start studying a lot of these bands, man. I mean, there's some real bad, bad stuff going on. 
real bad. And it's not innocent. And it's not just some little accident. It's all pre-planned. All heavily contrived. And, um, you know, anyway, nobody's ever refuted. It really couldn't. I mean, it's just stuff you're documenting. So anyway, I've done, uh, I talked about the subject of zombies on June 3rd of this year, my part two and three teaching. I posted those links there if you want to key in that. And um, then let's, let's get into some Bible verses regarding this whole subject. Uh, we've got 1 Thessalonians 5.22. <laughs> I think they should have this as the banner over the zombie. Like as they come in and as they're getting their makeup, it'll say, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. <laughs> if dressing up like a zombie isn't an appearance of evil, the walking dead now, hopefully they'll have the contacts for them so their eyes are totally blacked out, too. That's a nice touch. Um, how do you get around that Bible verse? Well, we ignore the Bible. Or we have such a watered-down Bible that it doesn't even say that. It says, have fun. Let go and let God. You know, that kind of stuff. Church should be fun. I've seen these, these mottos on, you know, church buildings as I went by. Church should be fun. Well, where's that book chapter verse? I really need to know that. Because that's what we need. We need more entertainment. We need to have our flesh more and more placated. Because we just don't have enough of that in, in this country. So abstain from all appearance of evil. Dressing up like a zombie is pretty tough to do. And, and you know, not to look evil. Okay, I'm sorry. That's why Halloween is such a horrific thing as well. Which we're going to talk about that next. Uh, Ephesians 5.11 and then verses 13 through 16. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. How do you have a zombie event and not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness? How is that possible? Oh man, you're a legalist. No, I'm just a biblicalist. I'm just saying, what does the Bible say? doesn't mean I don't think I, like, like I'm perfect or I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoes or whatever. I'm just saying, I mean, how do you have a zombie event and not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. It says, but rather reprove them. Now that's what I'm doing. I'm reproving them. What does that word mean? Well, in Noah Webster 1828, which defines them more closely to the time frame they were written, reprove, to blame, to convince a fault, or to make it manifest, or to excite a sense of guilt. I would like for the people that are throwing this event to hear this, of course, they would already have been offended and turned me off a long time ago because it would offend them, and um, most likely. But that's why I'm here. To blame, to convince a fault, to make it manifest, to shed light on it, to excite a sense of guilt. But if your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, you're not going to have a sense of guilt. You'll have a sense of pride. You'll glory in your shame, which is what they're doing. They're glorying in their shame. They would, they would absolutely fall in line with 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, the Holy Spirit, that in the latter times, which is what we're in, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, which is what exactly what they're doing, speaking lies in hypocrisy, which is also what they're basing this event off. That's a big lie. Speaking lies in hypocrisy and then having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I mean, you throw something like this at a church, somebody's got their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
if there's no conviction by the Holy Spirit that should live inside a born-again Christian that this is wrong, then, you know, I don't know what else to say. You need to get saved. You know, I mean, it's so obvious what's going on. Then it goes on to say, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. So all we're doing, we're shedding light on this very evil thing. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. That's what we're doing. We're making it manifest. We're shedding light. Darkness hates light. Darkness regarding evil is what I mean. It hates light. Remember, Satan's the prince of darkness. So, going further, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, which is what my my call would be to these people in this church. Awake thou that sleepest, because you're asleep, and arise from the dead, because you're dead. It's like you're dead. And Christ shall give thee light. But you have to want the light. You have to want the truth. Most people don't want truth. They want to be spoon-fed their little lying doctrine or whatever they're being taught. They don't want hard preaching, that's for sure. You have to want the truth, though. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. This is strong delusion, if you ask me. That they will believe a lie. Oh, we believe this zombie event's just totally innocent. Well, that's believing a lie. That they might all be damned. That means go to hell. And then the lake of fire for eternity. Who receive not the love of the truth. The love of the truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness. If this isn't having pleasure in unrighteousness, I don't really know what is. Again, it doesn't mean that you know, we all go around thinking, oh, we're so much better and I'm, I'm morally superior or whatever. But you're glorying in your shame here. I mean, this is really, really over the top. See then that ye walk circumspectly. What does that word mean? That means cautiously, with watchfulness every way, with attention to guard against surprise or danger. Do you think the people that are at this church right now are walking circumspectly? I don't think so. They're not being cautious. They're not being watchful in every way. I mean, they're just, oh, whatever. If it feels good, do it, basically. I mean, like Aleister Crowley said, do what thou will shall be the whole of the law. Meaning, if it feels good, do it. That was the motto of the 60s. And they they patterned everything after Aleister Crowley. He was one of their greatest mentors. These rock bands from, you know, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you know, on up till now. Who was that? Well, he was the great beast. That's what he called himself, the beast, the 666. One of the most evil men that have lived in the last hundred plus years. I mean, he was proud of that title. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming, do you think that God could consider you wise if you dressed up in a zombie suit and was roaming around the, oh, that's wise. Redeeming the time. Oh, that's definitely redeeming the time. I was dressing up like a zombie and doing that. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. See, we're not supposed to make the days more evil by our own presence. Because that's what they're doing. They're making the world a more evil place. By them putting on something like this. I mean, it's such a joke. It's it's just unbelievable. I would even have to report on this. They're making the world more evil. 
they're sending a signal to the world, hey, listen, you can be a Christian and go to heaven and still act like a total devil. In fact, you can dress up like a devil and act like one and be one. There's no harm in that. It's unbelievable. Jeremiah 12.10 Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. Think that would apply to the pastor of this church? Making his pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. This, that's how God would view this church, like a desolate wilderness. It reminds me of Revelation 3 of the Laodicean church. You know, they're blind, wretched, weak, naked before God, but yet they think they're in need of nothing. And they glory in their shame. God sees them the exact opposite way they see themselves. That's why the Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But you have to have the word of God in you to judge yourself properly. If you don't read the word of God, how are you going to judge yourself properly? How are you going to know by what parameters to judge yourself? Are you going to judge by your own parameters? Well, I'm basically a good guy. I've heard that one a lot. That's not what matters. All that matters is what the Word of God says. Jeremiah 10.21 For the pastors are become brutish. We're going to define that in a second. And have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. That's the end of a church like this. The pastors are brutish. What does that word mean? To be stupid, dull-hearted, unreceptive. That's what it means. And they are. That's the norm for most 501c3 corporate pastors in the good old USA. That's the norm. Not the exception. Maybe at one time it would have been the exception, but not anymore. There's no fear of God in the land. There's no fighting and striving against evil. There's no earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It's all about money and popularity and not stepping on anybody's toes and being politically correct and yoking up with false religions and, you know, having your rock concerts in the church and bringing one apostate guy after another to speak at your church to make you feel good and to tickle your ears and heaping yourself teachers having itching ears and espousing all manner of false bad doctrine and reading another book like that's what we need to do. Oh, you got to read this book. I read the Bible. I don't have time to read other books anymore. I mean, not with this ministry. There's no way. I'm not saying there's not any good books. I'm just saying, for me, if I'm going to devote the time, I'm going to read the Word of God. It's a supernatural living book. It's a different dynamic reading the Bible than it would be reading an author. A lot of people get really wrapped up in bad doctrine by reading books. They were, and my question to you is that if you have some really dogmatic religious belief, and there are hundreds of them out there, and I've gotten sucked up in a lot of these, would you have ever come to that conclusion had you not had that book given to you? Would you have ever come to the conclusion on your own, biblically? Well, yes, I would. Well, okay, well, if it's, if it's good doctrine, great. But if it's some fringe doctrine and there's only one little small sliver of, of people that have ever come to this conclusion, or one guy or, or woman... Are you telling me you're so special that, you know, you're the only, one of the very, very few people on planet Earth that would ever know such a thing? And it's, and we're talking some off-the-wall stuff here. This is how cults get started. You deal with a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness, you know where they're going to take you? They're going to take you to their little pet verses 
in the Bible, sometimes even the King James Bible, and they're going to they're going to isolate that verse and say, "See, what do you do with this verse, Mister Christian?" Well, I would say to like the Mormon, well, what do you do for the fact that your God lives on the planet Kolob? Where he can fornicate with all of his uh, female spiritual tabernacles for eternity. What do you do about that? And then that's what you're striving for. Yourself, to have your own little planet so you can fornicate with all the, your, your spiritual wives on, you know, your own planet after this thing's said and done. Or the Jehovah Witnesses. What do you do with the fact that you put out the magazine, The Watchtower, and The Watchtower, I used to have the dates memorized, you know, predicted on this, 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 and this, and this, this date that the end of the world was going to come. All going all the way back to the 20s. And it was wrong every single time. And supposedly your magazine is angelically inspired. What do you do with that one? Because I think that a little bit overrides. So please don't give me a morality lesson or a Bible lesson when you're in some flagrant cult. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for your little cult. And if you don't believe me, just key in Jehovah, like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormonism or Mormon in the keyword search box. I'll give you, we'll take you all the way back to the start of those cults. This is how cults get started. I'm not saying you can't ever learn anything from a book. Just be really careful. And pray for discernment. The biggest thing we need to be keen on is the King James Bible. The Word of God in the English-speaking language. Anyway. The pastors are become brutish. That means stupid, dull-hearted, unreceptive. Which would totally, you know, fit the category here with this church. And have not sought the Lord. They haven't sought the Lord. It's a big reason why they become brutish. They've sought their own will. They've sought their own interpretation. Therefore, they shall not prosper. And that doesn't mean they're not going to prosper in the short term. Let's look at Smiley Joel. Osteen. Or Benny Hinn. Or Creflo, give me a dollar. You could go on and on and on. doesn't mean they're not going to prosper in the short term. They become rich, the Bible talks. But their end is what we're talking about. And all their flocks shall be scattered. That's what's coming. Well, when this end time scenario kicks into high gear, and all the different scenarios, and they don't have an answer to that, and they've all been pre-positioned to go and be assimilated into the one world mega church that the Bible would talk about, the one world church under Antichrist. That's where they're going to point everybody. But their flocks are going to be scattered because some of the people are going to say, no, this is not right. I pray the people in this church get their eyes open. Because they, they'd be better off being scattered than being an apostate, reprobate, wreck mess like this. You know, I know we're not supposed to forsake the assembling or fellowship with the believers. We're also not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We're not supposed to go to a church for the sake of going to an apostate, heretical, reprobate church for the sake of that one verse. If they're teaching bad doctrine, if they're into all kind of heresy, I'm sorry. I don't go to those churches. I don't say that because I think I'm better. I'm just saying that's for me. I don't do that. I would be too afraid that the following verse, while they promised them liberty, they themselves were the servants of corruption. 
For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. If I know from my previous experiences, if I go to a church and I sit under that pastor, even if I have all kind of red flags in my head when I first go, if I willingly go there and put myself under his authority, those red flags start to kind of disappear a lot of times. I can say this from previous experiences. Oh, the things that used to be a big deal in the past, they're not so much of a big deal anymore. When I first got here, I had all kind of... That's why I get out right at the beginning. I've had that happen me over. And if you sit yourself under there, it's like a spell. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. And you do not see this bondage coming over you. It's not like physical change, it's like spiritual. So just be real careful where you're going to church, is all I can say. Matthew 15, 13, Jesus Christ said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. That's the end of these apostate preachers, as far as I'm concerned. Then he says, let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. You've got the blind pastors leading the blind congregation. They're both going to fall into a ditch. Now, let them alone doesn't mean don't expose them, because the Bible's real clear we're supposed to expose them. Wherefore, I beseech ye, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. The wolves in sheep's clothing. Are we not supposed to point out wolves in sheep's clothing? No, it's better that the wolves devour the flock. Come on. Leave them alone. No, that's not what Jesus was talking about here. It's just that we're not supposed to go there and like firebomb the building or something, but we are supposed to expose them. But most people, it's not going to matter. That's why he says, I, part of the reason I believe he says leave them alone. It's, it's not going to matter what you show these people. You could show them all the facts in the world. It doesn't matter. Don't confuse them with the facts because their minds are made up. That's their motto. They got a lot invested. They're good and brainwashed. They got the spiritual chains on. They're totally blind and they have no desire to break free from that. Their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. They've been given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Some of them have been turned over a reprobate mind. And that's it. You can't reach them. In that particular case, do not cast your pearls before swine, lest they turn and rend you as well. In that particular case, contend not with a fool, lest thou be like him, as the Bible says. Now, there is a time to contend with a fool, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Those are back-to-back verses in the Old Testament. So there's a time you contend with a fool, and there's a time you don't. There's a time that you answer a man full of talk, And there's a time you don't. And typically the time is at the beginning. Listen to the Holy Spirit that lives inside you as a born-again Christian. You know. A lot of times you can tell somebody in the beginning, but, you know, listen. They want to get into their, this is my cultic heretical belief system. You have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to, and it's all these hoops you have to jump through to be saved. It's all this works-based religion. Works will follow a born-again Bible-believing Christian. But if you think you're earning and working your way to heaven... And that's your, that's how you're getting in. You better, you got, you, you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his, Jesus Christ's mercy hath he saved us. Okay, so, anyway, um, 
got to be real careful on that one. You don't know what that means? Salvation? Go to contendingfortruth.com. Click on the True Salvation tab on the right upper part of the website. So, going further. Jeremiah 2.8. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they handle, and they that handle the law knew me not. This is God talking. So the priest said not, where is the Lord? They didn't say where is the Lord. In other words, they had no fear in them. I mean, if God's watching everything that we're doing, and he is omnipresent, omniscient, meaning all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, okay? He's not like Satan. Satan can only be at one place at one time. Satan wants to be like God, but he never will. So God, he's, you know, all-knowing, all-powerful, you know, he's got all that. He sees what we're doing. It's not like we're going to get anything over God. So the priest said not, where's the Lord? This is an example of the pastor saying, I wonder if God, what God thinks about what I'm doing. Whereas I act like God doesn't exist. Like he's the big guy in the sky or the heavenly bellhop or something. We I mean, can get whatever they want, you know. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not. In this particular case, the word of God. They knew him not. Most of the time, they don't even have a, a, a Bible that's, it's, it's an 11 New Age knockoff of a Catholic Bible. I've gotten them many times before. The pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by Baal. See, in other words, there's a lot of people out there that are prophesying, but they're not prophesying by God. And I got into that last week. I'm not saying all, but a lot of them. Dare I say the vast majority. They're prophesying by Baal. Particularly in the charismatic movement and those types of movements. I've been there, done it. You know. And walk after the things that do not profit. Do you think having a zombie survival game night at your church is walking after something that doesn't profit? Probably profits in the bank. I don't know how what kind of angle they're going to do to make money. Or maybe they think it's going to increase church attendance, will increase tithes. I don't know. I'm sure there's some angle. Am I supposed to think their hearts are in the right place by having this zombie survival night? Oh, it's puritanical. You know, the, the first early Christians, they had their own respective zombie survival nights. The apostles and Jesus, and the, they had their own. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, what a stupid thing to say. But yet, they're doing it now. You know. Don't you think they'd be absolutely ashamed if Jesus and the apostles came walking into this? No, 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 we're going to glory in our shame. What are you talking about? Okay. Next verse. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. That's what they're doing. These apostate, reprobate churches. They're scattering the sheep of his pasture. A true sheep that hears God's voice is going to eventually come out of this. Well, they're scattering the sheep. They, I get this all the time from my listeners. I went to this church, you know, and it was some Satanist guy, basically. Felt like it was a Luciferian was the preacher. Or he was wearing a priest collar, or, or this and that. The remnant flock of God has been scattered across the world. The vast majority, I believe, of my listeners don't have a church to call home. One that they have any kind of good, and a lot of them 
have churches, but they don't have a good feeling about them. They're like going to them just for the sake of kind of, you know, there's nothing else. I just would say be very cautious because for the reasons I mentioned earlier, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying I, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I, I, I've been there, done it, and it didn't benefit me. Ultimately, it really stole years from my life. I was in churches that I should not have been in. And I was being essentially unprofitable for God. It's like I was stuck in this rut and I didn't even see it. I was blind to it. I admit it. I'd be the first one to admit it. I'm not judging anyone else in that regard. I'm just saying, because I've been there, done it. I have to warn you as well. The Bible says, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. It's a 501c3 corporate church that will be assimilated into the Antichrist One World church system. And that's just around the corner. And there's a spirit. When a church yokes up with the government and the IRS and the Council of World Churches and these types of things, don't think there's not a spiritual component. And don't think that's not going to affect the preacher or the congregation or that church in general. It will affect it from the top down. But you're just not going to see it because it's, it's invisible. It's spiritual. So bear that in mind, please. So, uh, let's go further here. Uh, therefore, this is the next verse. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and have driven them away. I'd say that's pretty much the norm now. And have not visited them. Most of the time, if somebody goes to the pastor and they start bringing up all these obviously biblical questions like I know I used to do, I would go to the pastor. You know, this... Uh, NIV, you have 64,000 less words. Uh, you know, uh, it's wrong to celebrate Xmas, that it was actually, Xmas, what it actually was, was the birth date of the sun god Tammuz. It's called Saturnalia, the god Saturn. Uh, and the Catholic Church changed it around and amalgamated it to fit the Catholic religion, their little pseudo-Christian pagan thing going on there. And now we've adopted it into the church. Well, they don't want to hear that stuff. They don't want to hear none of that. So see, those type of people that will confront a pastor or try to, and I'm not even talking in a mean way. I'm talking about, the Bible says, if you see your brother overtaken in an air, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. I don't mean like kicking in the doors and saying, well, bless God, and coming in with all kind of pride and, and bringing a railing accusation against an elder. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about meekly going to them in a nice way. I've done this on just about every church I've been in. In the last, I, I mean, of course, I've been out of the modern-day 501c3 church system for a long time. But before that, that point, uh, before like 06, I did this, and I did it in a nice way. I didn't do it in a mean way. I didn't, wasn't trying to be disrespectful. But those are the type of people that will end up, that's why the, that's why the remnant gets scattered. They don't want people like that in their church. Those type of people convict them of all the different leaven and sin. Leaven is a type of bad doctrine in their own ministries. And those people got to go. Because they don't want to be convicted of their sin. They want nice little automaton sheeple people that will sit in the pews and do as they're told. And give money every week. For the most part. I'm not saying all the time. But I'm saying for the most part. You, the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. You think they're going to want to come visit me after I've left the church, after I've pointed out their errors? Not because I'm doing it because I'm prideful and think I'm perfect. I'm just saying, I mean, come on. I'm pointing out like really obvious stuff. 
No, they're not going to visit them. Behold, I will visit upon you these evil pastors, the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Let me tell you something. The church in America, the pastors, and the, the priests, and the whatever you want to call yourself, reverends, you've done a lot of evil for the most part. And, you know, evil begets evil, and you reap what you sow. I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. That's coming. Guaranteed. For both the prophet and the priest are profane. That's how God would view this, I would say, the clergy in this country, for the most part. Not Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. But God views them as profane. Yea, in my house I have found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Next verse, Jeremiah 23, 12. Therefore, their ways shall be unto them as a slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. So they're driven to darkness. For I will bring upon them even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. See, their visitation, the visitation of the Lord God Almighty, he's not going to let this stuff go on forever that's going on in the church right now. Their day is coming. The day of their visitation by God is coming. Now, again, I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Wonderful Perfect. If I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. I'd be the first to admit it. I'd be the first to point the finger at myself. But I also know a lot of this other stuff that I'm pointing out is flagrantly obvious and should not be going on in the house of God. 2 Peter 2.15, which relates to this, which have forsaken the right way, just think of these apostate clergy, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. They were getting paid for doing unrighteous things, like Balaam was. Well, don't the churches today get the same thing? If a smiley Joel, for example, up there, lukewarm as you could possibly be, many ways to heaven, teaching that garbage, all kind of other heretical stuff, I've done a whole teaching on them, you can key in, he is earning his living, earning his wages by being unrighteous, by doing unrighteous things. That's the wages of unrighteousness. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness? Most clergy would fall into that category. They're in a, let's say, apostate religious system. Lutheran. Presbyterian. Works-based. Leading people to hell. And getting paid for it. Catholics, Catholic priests, now you really get into the horrific categories. Not to say that, I mean, anybody going to hell is the same thing, but I'm just saying, the Catholics. Wages of unrighteousness. These are wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest. To whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. Now we're getting to the actual end game of these clergy that I'm in reference to. Wells without water. You go to them thinking you're going to get water, but there's no water in them. You're not giving the life-giving water, the washing of the water of the Word, the living water of Jesus Christ. You're getting some whatever. Or you're getting a very watered-down version of the Bible. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, 
They allure through the lust of the flesh. Do you think when the pastor made this announcement about us having a zombie night, he was alluring people through the lust of the flesh? Yeah, I always wanted to be a zombie, and now I can do it and feel like I'm a Christian too. Golly gee whiz, I mean, what more could I want in life? They allure through the lust of the flesh. Well, the zombies are very appealing to nowadays. Great swelling words of vanity. Through much wantonness. Now that word means unbridled lust, excess, licentiousness, outrageousness, shamelessness. You talk about shameless. Yeah, we're having our annual zombie event for Christ. Oh, that, that really mixes well. I mean, really does. And in insolence. That's what wantonness means. Through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. This is talking about the remnant as well. Just kind of what we're talking about before. The remnant's been scattered. The Bible says, escape from them that live in error. Escape from these types of pastors. These types of clergy. Yeah, but forsake not the assembling of the brethren. No, 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 no. You escape from them that live in error. That's, that comes before fellowship with the brethren. You don't go into an apostate reprobate church and be a 501c3 corporate reprobate church and become a member for that one verse for the sake of the one verse to the ignoring of all these other verses that we've went over. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers because I'm telling you, they're teaching a different gospel. They're teaching another gospel that the Bible talks about. A lot of the time. I'm not saying every time. I'm saying the majority. While they promised them liberty, these are these reprobate clergy, they themselves are the servants of corruption, from whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought, into, brought in bondage. We've said that before. Now, back to the main letter. My listener, uh, Dan, and his family, can't believe we ever bought into this junk. This is regarding this church. So they are probably the most emergent church in our town, which is full of them. The emergent church. Uh, you can't emergent. Contendingfortruth.com, I believe I've done some studies on that. It's very new agey. They're combining a lot of garbage, a lot of the world. So glad that the, new a- that the Lord Jesus Christ saved us out of this garbage. We started listening to your teachings a few months after leaving that church and have never looked back. While once in a while I look at their site as a reminder of what deception I was once in. It's good because the Bible says to consider the pit from whence you were dug. Consider what God brought you out of. The miry clay that he pulled you out of. Kind of keeps you humble too. Because I mean, if you, if you consider that, it's like, yeah, you know, I was there. Why am I going to judge other people that might be in that right now? I mean, I was there. I, look at me. I mean, I... Golly, Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, mom was totally new age, into yoga, mom and dad were totally secular, hardcore rock and roll, I mean, you name it, I was brought, and then I got into hypercharismania, I mean, I've been the gamut, so I'm not judging anybody, I'm just saying, you know, I love you enough to tell you the truth, I don't want to see you suffer like I did, because I suffered a lot through all that, and I was unproductive for Christ. So I'm gonna. I know I'm way over on time for part two. I'm gonna go to um, part three next. God bless you.